The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. So, good evening and welcome to uh, another Monday night meditation guided meditation class so let me introduce myself so myself is I'm Bhante Chundala and I'm staying recent recent I'm staying at Newbury Buddhist Monastery and we are giving online teaching because of the restriction at the at the um, BSV um, center down in in Melbourne so Yes. So after the garden meditation, normally we ask the um, partition people if they want have any question question answer. So you see end of the garden meditation, then I'll, I'll ask for any questions. Okay. Okay. So this will be my last garden meditation um, for this year at Newbury Buddhist Monastery. I gave a um, Dharma talk on Sunday and um, the one the question that was asked uh, that I didn't have time to reply. So one of the question from the auditor was about how do you become a Buddha? So I try and keep it simple. So normally a Buddha arises in the world when there's no teaching of the Eightfold Path or the Four Noble Truths. So once the Summer Sun Buddha arises in this world, everyone else that listen to teaching and become enlightened are usually Arahants. So to become a Summer Sun Buddha, you have to wait. Yeah? into the Buddhist teaching, Buddhist sasana is not in this world. Then when there's no teaching of the Four Noble Truths, Eightfold Path, then the first person become enlightened by, by his own, without the Buddhist teaching, then that person will become a Sama Sambuddha. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so if that person that asks, how do you become Buddha, a Buddha? So you have to wait until there's no more teaching. So that might be many, 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 many eons before it happens again. But if you do practice and you and you do become enlightened, then you basically become Arahan. Arahan is a fully enlightened being. And you have to basically shave your head, join the Sangha, and keep the um, 227 rules of practice if you're a bhikkhu, or the 311 rules training rules for a bhikkhuni. Mm. Mm. Talking about Sama Sambuddha, it's quite interesting because um, Ajahn Brown was once invited to Singapore to teach and while he was there to teach at the Buddhist Gem Fellowship in Singapore, he was invited to go and do some teaching to some kindergarten so when he went there, he saw there was about um, three to four years old kids. So Ajahn was thinking, 
cheese, how are you going to teach um, kindergarten kids uh, on, Buddh- on Buddhism? So he decided to just tell the kids to sit down and just imagine that they are um, a Buddha and they are sitting under a tree and practice meditation. So they, imag- they asked the kids to imagine that they are a, a fully enlightened Buddha sitting in meditation under the Bodhi tree. And Achan Brahma was saying that the kids managed to sit for half an hour silently. So I thought maybe that might be a um, good garden meditation for tonight. Yeah. Okay, so we will start the garden meditation. So sit comfortably. You can sit on the chair, sit on the cushion, or sit on the couch. The most important thing with the posture is to sit as comfortable as possible. Even leaning against the wall or leaning on the couch or chair, that's fine. But the most important thing with sitting posture is not to sit through pain. Because it's not pain awareness. Meditation is learning to let the body go. Relax the body. Make it at ease. And allow it to disappear. If the body can disappear, then the work of the mind can happen. So, please sit sit comfortably. Gently close your eye. Bring awareness to your front of your face. And just take three big breaths. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Relax. Relax. Breathe in peace. Breathe out. Relax. And just breathe naturally. the meditation we do something slightly different imagine yourself in the Buddhist time 2,500 years ago in India and you are a bhikkhu or bhikkhuni ordained during the Buddhist time Imagine yourself sitting in the forest under a tree or in a cave in India.
while sitting in the forest, in the foot of a tree, or up in the hills, in the cave, looking over the valley, or the Gandhis flowing below, quietly sitting. Peacefully. With the back straight, with awareness to the front of your face, we start with always the body scanning to allow the body to be at ease and relax. So we start with our top of our face, we relax. Relax our face, relax, relax our face, relax our eyes, now we gently bring our awareness to our neck, make sure it's nice and straight, not too rigid, and just relax. Relax our neck, relax, relax. Now, we gently bring our awareness down to our left and our right soldier. Make sure it's nice and loose, not too stiff, just relax. Relax our upper body. Relax. Now we gently bring our awareness to our back, our upper back. Our spine should be nice and straight, not too rigid. And we gently relax our back, relax, relax, relax. Now we gently bring our awareness to our right and left arms, make sure it's nice and comfortable and relax we relax our arms relax relax now we bring awareness down to our hands our right and left hands make sure it's nice and comfortable. If you need to, please move it, make it loose, and relax our hands, relax our finger, relax, relax our hands, make peace 
with our hands and allow it to slowly relax and disappear. Now, we gently bring our awareness down to our tummy. Make sure our tummy, our waist is not too tight. If it's tight, please loosen any part of our clothes that is tightening our tummy. And just relax. Relax our tummy, especially if you just finish the dinner, then you can relax, relax our tummy, relax. Now we bring awareness down to our lower back, the part that is pushed sitting on our cushion. Make sure it's nice and comfortable and loose. Then we relax our lower back where we're sitting on the cushion. Relax. Relax. Relax our lower back. Now we gently bring our awareness to our right and left legs. Make sure it's not as comfortable as possible. It's not too tight. Please move it. Make sure it's nice and loose. And while our legs are comfortable, then we relax, relax and loosen our leg. Make peace with our leg, especially if there's any injury. Relax, relax, make peace with our leg and allow it to fade away. And finally, we bring awareness down to our right and left feet. Our feet is the part of our body we work the hardest in the morning to work to the kitchen and all the way back home. So it's time to relax our feet. So please make sure our feet is nice and loose and relax, relax our feet, relax our toe, relax our sole of our feet, relax, relax. Now, we gently bring awareness back 
to our face. And just breathe naturally. Breathe peacefully. Breathe calmly. With our body relaxed and loose, it's always good to just feel any part of our body is still a bit tense, then we loosen it and relax it as much as possible. Men, when the body is relaxed and peaceful and calm, then we can do the work of the mind. With awareness in front of our face, we are aware of our breathing in and breathing out. We breathe in peace. We breathe out, letting go, in peace, breathe out, letting go. Imagine that you are a monk or a nun during the Buddhist time with no internet, no TV, no technology, nice and simple. No past, no future. Just being fully present in this moment with the breath, breathing in and breathing out. Peacefully and calmly in the forest.
imagine imagine that you are an enlightened monastic, enlightened monk or nun. Imagine your mind free from hatred, free from attachment towards material things in the world, free from hate, free from anxiety, free from worry, especially free from family and attachment. Sitting calmly and just being aware of the breath, breathing in and breathing out. Breathing in peace. Breathing out calm. Breathing in compassion. Breathing out loving kindness.
mind, your mind is still wandering from past and future. It's okay. It takes time for the mind to calm down. Just gently bring your awareness back to the breath. Breathing peace, breathe out stillness. Breathe in peace, breathe out letting go. Peace, stillness, letting go. to time, bring your awareness back to the body and just feel any part of your body that's a bit tense or painful and just relax, gently relax any part of your body that's a bit tense or painful. Make peace with our body. Make peace and let it go. And relax our body as much as possible. One is relax, then gently bring your awareness back to the breath. 
Breathe gently, breathe calmly, breathe peacefully. Imagine that you are an enlightened monk or nun. Mind is completely free from greed, hatred, and delusion. Completely free. None, no attachment to past and future. Completely calm, peaceful, and free. And at peace with this moment. Happily sitting and washing the breath in and out peacefully Imagine the mind without attachment and hatred, completely free, pure 
and bright. Just like a full moon, bright and radiant, free from the cloud of greed and hatred, covering the full moon. And as the cloud of hatred and greed disappear, what is left is a bright, pure full moon. Imagine our mind and heart free from defilements and attachment with the world. Imagine deep peace, joy, bliss, and freedom. A heart immersed and filled with compassion and loving kindness to all beings in this world.
you find your mind is wandering, please bring the awareness back to the breath. Gently, calmly, peacefully. By nature, the mind will wander. It's okay. Bring it back. Back inside. Inside is where it is safe. The more you can stay within the heart and mind. Inside is where calm peace, contentment, freedom, safety, refuse, ease. We stay with our breath. And we breathe in and out gently and we calm our thoughts, our feelings. We make peace with this moment. Peace. 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 We make peace with ourselves. When your heart is peaceful, then you will be full, fully free. Freedom and contentment is the highest happiness.
we'll finish the meditation in a few minutes. So please enjoy the last few minutes. Enjoy the peace. Enjoy the calm.
ring the gong three times in in a minute time. So please relax as much as possible. Really relax and let go. So when you finish every meditation, it's always good to gently come out of meditation and just feel how it's like before and after. Feel how relaxed and peaceful the mind is. Okay, so I would like to ask the audience, is there any questions? Thank you, Bande. Yes, there are questions. The first question, my mind can get busy during the day, even during the walk in the park. How did you apply meditation to other activities such as factory working when you are a lay person okay that's a that's a good question yep. i mean before i started work um actually before that i used to be um a worker up in the mines as an apprentice and uh, working was easy just learning how things work and when i got good at my job it was a lot of awareness uh, and just being mindful and looking at things carefully uh, and because I was st just started as a Buddhist at the time uh, working up the mines it did help me uh, to um, to allow mindfulness to increase as my mind become more increased uh, in mindfulness uh, I find that I don't have to think so much uh, because all the awareness has gone into just being in the present moment awareness because there was less scattered thoughts uh, and negative thoughts and the more I am aware of working uh, then the more I can be mindfulness so I was practicing a lot of mindfulness uh, just became watching my heart watching my thoughts and in my mind moves into negative thinking uh, or just, um, just, just random thinking. I always bring my awareness back, back to what I'm doing. So you put attention to whatever you're doing. So if you're working on a vehicle or cooking, you bring awareness to 
the present moment awareness, you feel your hand touching, lifting, stirring, putting down. So you put full awareness to whatever you do with a calm mind. So, yeah, it, it takes training, but time to time, if during the lunch break, I will sit and meditate and um, for maybe 10 or 20 minutes, then bring that awareness back. Second question. How can I stop taking personally all the culasa that are in my mind? Hmm. This this culasas or defilements is normal because if we are caught with the world, um, if we're very busy. Also, it depends if if you're at work, you work by yourself, you'll be lucky. But you work with other people. Sometimes you have to deal with other people's defilements. And if they are not a spiritual practitioner, then they can, their mind can be overcome with a lot of defilements, a lot of greed, anger, uh, critical thinking, fault finding, putting down, and also very competitive. So it's quite normal. But the Buddhists say, one of the devas asked the Buddha, what's the highest blessing? And the Buddha say, always associate with the wiser and avoid the foolish people. Because when we associate with good, wise people, we slowly become like them. But at the workplace where I was working, when I was working there, a lot of my co-workers, they always find being around me quite relaxing and comfortable. And they say that I tend to work very hard, but also I don't complain too much. And um, it's quite peacefully just doing the work. So, um, yeah, so please always forgive yourself if you have a restless mind, because it's quite normal. We are part of the world. And when we come back home, we train our mind to let things go as much as possible. Bring that inner peace and happiness back in your heart. And always forgive other people for for their mis um, for their behavior, and most important thing, forgive yourself, no matter what happened. Because when you forgive yourself, you make peace with yourself. And when you make peace with yourself, you can learn to let things go easily. Thank you, Vanday. The next question. Is it best practice to decide according to circumstances whether one should put some more effort into meditation and when to do it effortlessly? Mm. Ajahn Brown says that you see with the um, Eightfold Path uh, is basic conditioning. Yeah? So the more you practice, the, the more you listen to the teaching, yeah? it will go in just slowly go in and sometimes it's just conditioning sometimes you don't have to think so much because sometimes like myself i listen to so many dharma talks uh, and afterwards uh, um, some of my monastic friend asked me what what was this talk about uh, and i i just i say i can't remember because th- those conditioning and brainwashing uh, will go in into our mind uh, 
then it goes inside and it sits inside, yeah? And we remember them. And sometimes uh, when we give a Dharma talk, or we talk to our friend uh, about Dharma practice, uh, or, or the Buddhist teaching, uh, they will just come out uh, effortlessly, uh, easily, uh, without thinking. Uh, so it flows in uh, and it, it flows out. Uh, and this is just Bud- Buddhist conditioning uh, or brainwashing. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I do admit that uh, um, I, I listen to so many talks, uh, but sometimes when the time is right, uh, when you need to give a teaching uh, or you need to remember things uh, that arise, uh, it will just happen automatically. Thank you. The next question. Are lay people allowed to visit monastics for spiritual advice outside Buddhist talks and gatherings? Are there certain rules around how lay people interact with monastics? Um, yes, there are certain rules. So for monks, we are not allowed to be alone with um, the opposite gender. And for the for the nuns, they are not allowed to be alone with the um, with the men. So. There's always a, uh, a another male with the monk if 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 they're speaking one to one with a female practitioner, and also for monastic, we are very different. We are not uh, a lay people anymore. We keep the two hundred seventy two rules for monks, fully ordained monks, and for and for fully ordained bhikkhunis, they keep the three hundred eleven rules. So all these rules is to um, overcome our attachment and um, and defilements and to um, help the practitioner to let go of 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 our we say of our defilements in our heart and mind. So you will notice for monks and nuns we do behave in a different way. So when you do come to um, the monastery and you like to get some. Special practice guidance for monastic um, is fine. There is a time where we can speak to our supporters. It's usually just after lunch, yeah? and not too long, maybe about for ten minutes or one hour. And because once the visiting hours is over, you see the monastic will go back to their to their quarters or to their kuti. Yep. So you see. Something you do with Dharma talks is okay, but for, for monastic, we don't really talk about things to do with the world because it normally don't concern us. Yes. So the main thing is just um, we are not alone with other people, with the opposite, opposite, opposite gender. That's the main precept. Thank you. The next question. Hi, Bundy. I'm watching the defilement and not respond to it. Mm-hmm. Is it I'm right in watching? Please advise. Thank you. It's, it's good to watch yeah, because our defilement is very subtle. It come up with action, then then speech, then the most refined is our thoughts and our feelings. Yeah. Um, sometimes it, it just come out from nowhere. Um, we can get really angry, we can become very critical, uh, and we can have a fault-finding mind. Uh, and, or we are just 
we become we feel like sometimes we just greedy for stuff like for food or for things that we want it's normal because this um, we say outflowing of the mind it takes a practitioner many 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 years to um, understand when as it arise as we arise we learn to watch it not respond to it and slowly time after time moment after moment year after year our behavior will slowly think will slowly change because being a buddhist monk for 10 years now i've seen lay people and also um, new people join the monastery in the beginning they are a bit rougher and all over the place but after time and time i do notice our supporters and also practitioner in the monastery they do change they become more peaceful and more refined. Thank you. That was the last question we have got, but we do have some, uh, quite a number of thank you messages. This one is um, an audience from Scotland. Thank you so much, Bande Chunda, for all your talks and meditations. They have been very helpful to me. And we do have another audience. I wish to express my thanks to Bande. That's a great relaxation method to start my meditation after a busy working day. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Also, this one. Thank you so much, Bande and BSV. Great meditation session. So refreshing. And another one. Awesome. Bande Chunda. Great meditation, love from us, and also pray for my uncle Noi at this time, who is a Buddhist monk over in Bandan Tang, Thailand. And the last one, greetings from Bodhiana. We love you, bro Chunda. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we have. Okay. Yeah. And um, last one. Thank you, Bande Chunda, for all your support and guidance. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. I always find that sharing the, the Buddhist teaching is also a joy. Because in the beginning, when um, I was asked to teach, when I was a junior monk, I was quite quite embarrassed and realized who, who I am. I'm just a simple monk. I don't really know much Dharma, but I just try anyway. And if I teach from a good place, from a pure heart, then a lot of people will benefit. And sometimes... I do ask myself why I'm doing this and I get doing this for gain or honor. I say, no, I'm doing this because I want to help people and to um, um, basically share the Buddhist teaching. So always bear in mind the reason why I'm teaching is basically just to share the teaching and to help other people. So if people benefit from the teaching, then it makes me quite happy because sometimes in the beginning, my first start teaching i was all over the place but the more i teach the more i get feedback from um, our supporters then it's actually it's a growth of wisdom so it works both ways uh, as for our supporters they learn then as for the um, buddhist teacher we learn at the same time so both of us are both the practitioner and our supporters we benefit benefiting and growing at the same time so it's been a pleasure teaching. 
Thank you. And on behalf of BSV and NBM community, thank you, Monday, for staying with us for this uh, rain season. And will you come back to NBM again? Um, well, everything is uncertain because uh, when, we, when we go back to Bodhiyanala, you see it's funny. Uh, the, the monks will ask us to stay on uh, and don't go, in, don't, don't go too far away. Don't go for too long. Even our supporters over there, play, please stay. Don't, don't go somewhere else. Uh. So sometimes we, we do find that it's harder to, um, to leave a monastery and go to a new place. Uh. Then we leave that place and come back to Newbury. But where, wherever I find, if the conditions are right here, and if the time is right, we'll be back. So um, it's been an a amazing journey uh, since the beginning of Newbury Buddhist Monastery to now. So every year things are getting better and better. And the growth of the Dharma in Newbury Buddhist Monastery is very strong. So when I first came to Newbury Buddhist Monastery, it was up in the hill, it was wide open. So it felt like a monastery up in the mountain in, um, in Asia or in China. So I knew there was um, a lot of potential in Newbury Buddhist Monastery. And I realized that if we do things properly, then there's a lot of benefit. And if things grow, I realized there's benefit for a lot of people to come in all over the world. So this Buddhist teaching is actually very powerful. In the beginning, I, I, I did not really get it. But when we have a, um, a Sangha and a Buddhist community and many, many lay, lay supporters, we realize it is something very precious and very pure. So a monastery gives a lot of hope and happiness to a lot of people all over the world that's interested to learn the Buddhist teaching. Okay, thank you. So anyway, Good night, wherever you are, and please take care. Bye-bye.